Hey there! Welcome to Dogs Are Smarter Than People, the quirky podcast that brings you writing tips and life tips. I'm Sean, and with me as always is Carrie Jones, New York Times and international best-selling author and awesome woman. I'm also Sean's wife, so he has to say that. We always start our podcast with a random thought, and then we go into the writing tip and the dog tip. Thanks for hanging out with us. Enjoy! Hey, it's random thought in the office. Show enough is, finally. Hey, we had two dogs. We had to get settled down. Yeah. Somehow they were resisting. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not the right time of day for them, honey. No, man. But, all right, speaking of animals, yeah. like, you know how I make my animals, our animals, I'm so sorry, give uh, random, happy, motivational, sometimes thoughts on social media? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a talking duck. Talking duck. Like, who really talks. No way. And, yeah, according to um, a article from metro.com.uk. Yeah. Um, that was published a month or two months ago now. Yeah. There was a talking duck. No way. And the article is written by Jen Mills. And she says, quote, a dog says woof, a cow goes moo, and a duck swears at you like a human being from the 70s. <laughs> she must have had the best time writing it because her next line is, that's right. Not every duck wants to quack. <laughs> That's so, pretty funny. What does it say? It says, you bloody fool. You bloody fool? Yes. It's like, there's a, like, so ducks have been known to imitate human speech, right? Yeah, really? And one in Australia, apparently, here's some, some, some humans that aren't the nicest all the time. <laughs> um, and this duck's name is Ripper. <laughs> Which is just terrifying all by itself. It is kind of a scary name. And then add to that that this duck can speak and says, you bloody fool. <laughs> Maybe he's a, a reincarnated. Maybe it's Jack the Ripper. I don't know. He can also make the sound of a door closing, which is also really freaky scary. That could be really freaky scary. <laughs> he's a musk uh... duck. So he must smell delicious. Oh, yeah. Um, and he initially did this trick in 1987 um, for his first recording of it. But it's being authenticated and all kinds of stuff, right? That's awesome. I can't believe the video's not there anymore. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. But I'm sure we can all find it on, on the internet somewhere. But how amazing is that? So it's acting like a parrot. But it's That's saying, awesome. You bloody fool. I'd love to see that. I know. <laughs> and the sound of the door shutting. I'd like but to hear that. Too. That'd be great. It's just combined with the name of Ripper. It's really freaking creepy. And the original recording all the way back in 1987 was done with a Sony Walkman. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. There's no existing recordings left. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't update them to digital. Can you imagine? All right, you're a cop. I'm about to talk about cops. Mm -hmm. So you're a cop, right? And you go to like this scene and you hear, you bloody fool. And you're like, <laughs> who's saying that to me? That would be funny. Get your hands up. Blah, blah, blah. You bloody fool. And he's like, his mouth didn't move. Where is it coming from? <laughs> and you think like the whole place is haunted because you're easily confused. <clears throat> yeah. No, it's a duck. The duck cursing at you. You hear doors closing. You run, guns out, looking for the like the perpetrator. But You're really duck. portraying cops in a bad light. Oh well, continue. Like, let me continue to do so. Right. Another article from Metro. Um, 
Um, and you know, I just do it in good fun, sweetie. I'm sure you never did that when you were a cop. I never did run into a duck. And no, no. talking ducks. No. <laughs> I don't think you ever did this either. <laughs> so then a, a story again in Metro.com.uk by James Hockaday um, from October 14th this year said, the headline is, police admit officer did mistake a paddling pool of goldfish for sharks. <laughs> what? <laughs> So there's I like, see over there. Apparently, they 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 don't have great ways to uh, sort through their applicants. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, there's a story, and it was about a pool full of sharks circling a Christmas tree, and the Christmas tree was inside a, a, a apartment or a flat in Sussex in the okay. UK, right? Um. So the police inspector tweeted about it, and he was like. He tweeted, just when you think you've heard it all, team attended a premises over the weekend only to discover an eight-foot swimming pool in the front room. In the swimming pool, apart from the water, were small sharks <laughs> swimming around an artificial Christmas tree in the middle. I'm sorry, the middle. I kid you not. But apparently, the sharks were cold. <laughs> How can you even make that mistake? I don't You've never seen any sort of... Fish before? I don't Like none. You've never know. even watched television? I don't know. Um, but Lord. eventually the police, like the, the newspaper called the police. And the, the official statement was, um, it was a neighbor dispute. It had nothing to do with the pool. Several types of goldfish are commonly kept as pets and they were found in a children's paddling pool filled with pumps and filters on a swimming pool. And none were sharks. <laughs> uh, you know that sister. So it's probably like a little plastic wading pool you'd buy for your little kid. Probably. And they just turned it into a big fish tank. Yeah. That sounds what it is. And it was the holiday season, so they happened to put No, it, it was October. Oh, that's Oh, it was? Yeah. It was like Maybe they're just into Christmas. They're just Maybe the kind they of people who are early. like, yeah, man. They're like, Christmas is rock star. Let's do it. It's October. We have nothing else to live for right now. A pool full of That's sharks. That's how I feel. We have to start playing the Christmas music because there's nothing else to live for. I'll never have a swimming pool full of Are you still talking about the article right now? <laughs> We could, though. I'll never have a train to swear. Why don't we move our coffee table and put a wading pool in the living room and, put, and then we can watch the cats swipe at them. Because the cats would eat the goldfish, the dogs would drink the water, the cats would drink the water, and Gabby the dog would eventually either eat the goldfish or protect them from everybody else, uh, and no one would be able to go and learn. That whole thing would be hilarious. We just have to videotape 24-7. Oh, I think it would be hell. Because Coco probably jump right in the pool. Coco is a cat. <laughs> not Sean. not really afraid of water. Secret name. What? My secret name? Your Coco? Secret name is Coco. <laughs> hey, Coco, baby. Coco Puff. Oh, let's call you Coco Puff. <laughs> no, you're not going to call me Coco Puff. Good <laughs> oh, Lord. Writing tip of the pod. Know your fish. Coco Puff and I no, would like to tell it. you. No. Cut that off. We're going to start <laughs> no, yes, Puff and I want to talk to you about raising the stakes in your writing. Uh, how do you do that? All right. Well, um, 
that's you know that's kind of the thing because it's an easy thing to say like to someone like you need to raise the stakes in your story right and mm-hmm. but you think yeah 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 whatever high stakes equal important the reader wants to read it whatever cool 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 but <laughs> then you start like thinking about goldfish and sharks and calling your husband coco puff and you get distracted mm-hmm. but it's important yeah like my first novel that broke out yeah was need right yeah. and it was about um, it was a first book in a series about pixies trying to cause an apocalypse and other people trying to avert the apocalypse. Right? Those are pretty high stakes. Yeah. And according to the agent, Donald Moss, who's written a ton of books about writing, high stakes yield high success, right? Uh-huh. And so he suggests knowing when your stakes increase, what page does it happen, can they be higher? Do those stakes make it harder for your main character to get what she or she or they want, right? Yeah. Um, and he has this really beautiful, succinct, Sean, Cocoa Puff kind of way of putting the stakes question out there by asking authors to just say, So what? So what's the so what question, Sean? Yeah, so what? It's this. <laughs> if your main character doesn't get their goal, then so what? Does it matter? How much does it matter? Right. So Shawnee's goal right now is for me to stop calling him Cocoa Puff, right? Yeah. Does it really matter? Are the stakes that high, baby? Oh, no, because once I start ignoring it, you'll stop. Oh. You'll forget. So now we have no stakes in this podcast. Huh? Oh, that was your steak? Steak? Yeah, maybe. You you just ruined my steak. <laughs> now the podcast is devoid you of tension. the tension. whole podcast on that. <laughs> I'm calling you Coco Puff. <laughs> and your want to not be called Coco Puff. It's a very strong want. <laughs> so anyways, you want to think, if your main character doesn't get the goal, so what? Right? Doesn't matter. How much does it matter? Which brings me to what I think uh, is Moss's most important point about steak. Would you like to read that? I would love to read Steaks, that. Steaks, not steak, not filet mignon and T-bone and all that This is spelled S-T-A. Like you kill a vampire with. <laughs> the stakes in your story don't matter unless you've built in human worth about your main character. If your character's life doesn't matter to the reader, then the stakes don't matter. And this is even true for life and death stakes. Right. Right? Like, right. ooh, that's deep as hell, huh? That's Cocoa right. Puff isn't... <laughs> so, so deep, baby. So that brings us to the question of human worth, right? Because mm-hmm. Moss is like, you have to build in human worth about your right. main character. So what is human worth? Like, that's a really big cultural question. And depending on where you're living in the time period and socioeconomic, psychodemographic stuff... Yeah. That sounded like I was smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> it's a really big cultural question, but we're going to just kind of, you know. We're going to glaze over that part. We're going to glaze over that part because we, we don't want the podcast to go forever. And yeah. the podcast is not supposed to be about philosophy or, or you know, poli sci. It's about writing. And yeah, it's all intertwined, but whatever. Just give so, the humans some worth, right? Yeah, man. So you have to ask questions about your character first. Uh, you ask, what do you ask, my You girl? ask. Why, why, my love, you might ask, who is she? <laughs> why do we need to care about her? What are the stakes that make it necessary for us to care that she gets her goal? There needs to be an extra burst of value in why us readers care about your character. Are they super moral? Are their morals and ethics at risk? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe if it's a high-stake novel. So high human worth tends to focus on certain qualities of behavior in our culture... 
allegedly, such as honesty, bravery, kindness, empathy, love, goodness, truth, honor, friendship. So many books that are breakout books and movies are about friendships because it's easier to show that human worth too, right? That's right. So if you think about Harry Potter and Tolkien and Star Wars and even Marvel movies, um, because of Winn-Dixie, there's a link that happens between the characters that show their worth through their caring for each other, right? Uh And that's not just true about fantasy, but even in the specificity of contemporary realistic novels. Wow. Can you tell us what we deal with in realistic novels? Well, in realistic novels, we don't necessarily deal with those blatant and beautiful archetypes that happen in science fiction and fantasy. But if there's anything that the COVID-19 pandemic teaches us, it is that there can be the heroic in the mundane. Hand washing and mask wearing can be an act of kindness and of power. But no matter how big our landscape needs to be, then we have to make sure that our character's worth snags our reader into caring. So some characters are unsympathetic, and there's a tiny bit of redeemability in them. They have to somehow be likable. There's got to be an element about them for the reader to latch onto. This varies in different cultures, but in our currently, we can deal with a jerk of a character if they're funny or brave or super smart or charismatic or if their name is Cocoa Puff. I mean, seriously, think about some popular celebrities that we latch onto. Charisma is basically their only thing. And it's a big, so you know it's a big deal and it lets you get away with a lot, right? Charisma and possibly looks. Yeah, well, often, sadly, those are hooked in, but not always. Every reader has a slightly different threshold for the poopy behavior they'll put up from put up with from your character, right? Right. So you there's no like hard set like, oh, I can do this and this and all everybody'll still stay on board because you might be able to deal with something more than I could deal with something. Like right now I'm reading this awesome, awesome book by one of my writers. Yeah. Um, but one of the main characters like kind of burns down the house of her abusive father but her mom's asleep on the couch. Yeah. And the mom's horrible in that she was a bystander yeah but for some readers that's too much yeah and for some readers like oh yeah of course but like not all your readers are gonna be the same and they have different levels of tolerance for of course the naughtiness that your characters (laughs) so all condensed the writing tip of the cod is make your characters matter make them redeemable make them have human worth and give them a Adorable new names like Cocoa Puff. We're gonna have a like, copyright physical lawsuit for this. I can only hope. <laughs> so, this was a really hard one for Sparty to reach. But before we say that, let's just say this is the dog tip for life. Oh crap, I forgot. Let me do that. No. Dog <laughs> tip for life. Yeah, <laughs> how's that? That was beautiful. Alright. Beautiful thing. Sparty didn't really want to talk about this one. What? Because he doesn't really have any redeemable qualities. That's not true. <laughs> That's what he said. Coco Puff. He's like, he's like, it's just by the grace of my owner, Carrie, that not she true. imbibes. Imbibes? I imbibe? <laughs> redeemable. Well, you put. Imbue? You, you imbue. Whatever. You give him <laughs> the redeemable qualities that you choose. 
That's not true. You just choose. He's always You take, give him take, the irredeemable take. qualities that you choose because no. you're jealous of him. No. Oh. Oh. Like, if I got on my hands and knees and I backed up to you <laughs> expecting a butt rub, you'd kick me in the ass, tell me to go away. No, but Spidey, you're like, oh, isn't that cute? I'm trying to work, but he's just so cute. I can't help. So you're giving him those qualities of. Yeah, it's cute. Goodness. And then when he gets his free butt rub, he wants a treat. Because he was such a good boy that he allowed you to rub his butt. He works it. <laughs> in the same way. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. No way. Oh, yeah. When do I ever get treats? You get treats all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to pay for this. So how did dog tip for life? What's our dog tip for life here, the, babe? The dog tip for life? I don't know. Uh, I, 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 no, I here's the dog. <laughs> he was really lost on this one. Choose the people who see the good in you, not the people who see the bad. So Sparty chooses me because I see the good in him. He's looking. He just walked over. He's, he's looking standing at us right, right next now to me, though, because he can't get to me because you're the blocker. Well, that's a and, oh, he just flopped down so hard. And he doesn't choose to hang out with Shawnee because Shawnee doesn't see the good in him. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's not true. You're I just don't see you very often. Uh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Choose your people wisely. Uh, that's what Sparty says. Choose your people wisely. <laughs> choose the ones you can manipulate into butt rubs and treats. <laughs> That's the only reason anyone loves me, really. I mean, I'm really the only one that does anything. I feed him every morning. That's so not true. And I lift That's his so big, heavy true. ass up in the bed every night because he can't even jump two feet anymore. But you never pet him or give him treats. I do pet him. You never look into his soulful doggy eyes. And don't tell me I don't give him treats. I flip him stuff all the time. Like, you know that. You've seen me do it. I just gave him a candy bar earlier. What? No. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> that was a snack size. Cocoa Pop. Fine. Not funny. <laughs> Choose your people wisely. I bet he'd eat the hell out of a bowl of Cocoa Puffs, though. I don't think that would be healthy. And he already is obese. Why? It's fake. Oh, he is obese. He's an obese guy. Yeah, that doesn't keep the snack, great. the snack train from rolling, does it? <laughs> Come on the snack train. Yeah. Chugga, chugga, woof, woof. Chugga, chugga, oh, that's my new nickname for you. The snack train. Okay. That's got so many meanings. You're going to be really not all day one. peeling back the layers of that. Yeah, let's take that out. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Snack train. No. Hey, thank you for listening. We greatly appreciate your time. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this marvelous <laughs> podcast with all of your friends. Hey, the music that we've clipped and shortened in this podcast is awesome and made available through the Creative Commons license. The artist and the song is Summer Spliff by Broke for Free. And we have a new podcast. Loving the Strain. And another one, Be Brave Fridays. And... And... I don't know. Well, they're available everywhere, babe. Oh, yeah. You like, can find them on Carrie's Facebook, Carrie's Twitter, Carrie's LinkedIn. My blog site. And, and you, you can, Amazon. If you just look up Carrie Jones Books or Carrie Jones Book. You can find us. You can find her all over the internet. All over. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds creepy. Well, I was going to make a joke, but I'm not going to. Because then we'll have to redo this next week. <laughs>
And Carrie's publishing a new book at the beginning of every month until when? Until February, probably. Yeah? Yeah, man. All right. All right. All right. Be sure to check them out. Yay! Us! And yay you! Thanks for surviving this podcast with us. That's right. Have a wonderful day. Bye.